Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 285. Toro, Toro de Lydia, Toro. <laughs> You're right, Julius. I've always thought this was, was a bull, un toro. Yes, but it is not. We're not talking about a bull. We're talking about an amorphous, blobby shadow of a monster. Today. It looks like a bull. It does, doesn't it? It really does. Or uh, what is it? A displacer beast with many tails. Maybe that's what it is. I'm not sure what a displacer beast is. It's a D&D monster that they could... Uh... Did you ever read the Drizzed Order novels? I, I have. So his pet cat was a displacer beast. Interesting. And I, and I think they have multiple tails. That's Interesting. I, yeah. I might be wrong. We'll but yes, we are reviewing today Cassellion, and whenever I've looked at the cover for this game, I always think that it's a giant bull charging at your at your castle, is what it mm-hmm. always put me in mind of. It really does look like that, and it's pretty creepy. It is a pretty creepy picture. I like it. Just tuning in that hadn't tuned into the last couple of shows, we are talking about the Oniverse right now. Normally, this episode ends in a five, so we will be doing a... Uh, uh, whatchamacallit, a uh, popular mechanics episode. But instead, we decided to, to forego that and do a, a, a look at every single Oniverse game in order. We'll have to make up an extra popular mechanic somewhere in there. Yep, there we go. And so this is episode number three of the Oniverse series, and we're talking about Castilian, as Julia said. And if you want to hear about Oniram, Oniram and or Sylveon, go listen to the previous two. So let's hop right into Castellion. Okay. As a summary, Castellion is going to be a tile placement game where you're going to be drawing these tiles out of a bag and use them to build a line or castle in front of you. The goal is going to be placing those different tiles in different faction shapes. So you maybe want to be doing them on a line or in a square or in a column. Uh, the goal is to have them be in the correct shape to be able to repel off the invaders as they're pulled out of the bag manage to do so over three rounds and you will win the game. Mm-hmm. Sounds simple enough. Just, just to clarify, Julia said it's a, you're drawing them from a bag. It doesn't bring a bag The the rules say, you know, lay them on the table. But yes, I immediately got a bag for this because this is a, a game where you want to draw tiles from a bag. <laughs> it just works well that way. Indeed. So yeah. Uh, so there we go. That's the summary of the game. It's, it's a tiling game. It's pretty straightforward. I think this time it actually does feel like a dream world to me. The last one I remember that, that was a complaint. You said it doesn't really feel like a dream. It feels like you're dealing with animals in the forest and fires, and that's pretty normal yes. kind of subject. This is definitely not normal. Yes, because there's fantastic creatures and there's interesting elements of it. We we don't have a cat sitting there. There's seers and the generals are these weird guys. Everyone here is weird. So weird equals dreamy for me. Yeah, and all, all the people are, are are basically shapes. You know, there's Mr. Square, Mr. Triangle, Mr. Circle. Those are the denizens of your castle. Um, no, the square is what they is the shape of their house. Well, okay, yeah, okay. So they're yeah. So Mr. Triangle is a triangle. They are chameleons, sea jugglers, and pyros. You're okay. You're right. So, but there, but a couple more shaped. But whatever. That's beside the point. I got it wrong. We don't need to dwell on that. The uh, Should we instead dwell on the rules? I think we normally do the components first. Yeah. Let's do the components. Well, first, and just to make mention one more time, there is a missing component. 
the back. <laughs> yes, that's the one component that is not. But there's space for it in the box, which is nice. It fits there perfectly. Is, this is not a box where I love the insert. I do not like the insert. I haven't seen fit to pitch the insert because it's definitely doable. It's usable, but it's a really bad insert. It puts the tiles off in the corners, um, just out there and an open space in the middle, and you put the bag in the middle. But I don't know why they had it be in the corners. It it so does not make sense to me. <laughs> That's interesting. It works great for me. I mean, I, if the, ba- the bag fits in the middle perfectly, it's like it was designed for that. It's like they meant to have a bag and they just forgot to make them or something. I don't know. I don't have any problem with the layout at all. Uh, the towels all fit standing up in the corners and they fit perfectly. They're not too loose, not too tight. They don't they don't come out of place. Though I will tell you what though, they, they, maybe they don't come out of place because instead of throwing out the the punch board that they were on, I always put the punch board above the tiles, and I, I assume that helps hold them in place. Mm. I haven't tried it without that because it might get messy if I do. I don't usually feel like I have to, but I did for this one. Okay. Which possibly just reinforces that the insert needs help. <laughs> yep, yeah, I guess so. It might be fine without it. I've just, like I said, I've never tried it. I've never tried it. But this is, it's so far of all the inserts, is this the best one of the three? Sylveon, I think you said, was. I don't remember. I don't have Sylveon, and I had to pitch the insert. I don't have Sylveon the game, and I had to pitch the insert for Onirim. So that's a really low bar. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There we go. So, yeah. But let's talk about the tiles next. Okay. So the tiles. So. The this game is a towel laying game, so it's basically when you bring a bunch of towels. I think something like about a hundred total. I'm not sure exactly what it says on the back of the box. There are eighty-four dream tiles. Eighty-four dream tiles, okay. And then a f- six more for the expansion if you use them. The tiles are pretty simple. They little pictures of of these different denizens of the castle. And the the castles are sand castles. That all the art is very yellow, it's little dots on it. It looks like a sand castle, that's what it looks like, and that's what it is, I think. Mm-hmm. And the tiles are either one of three shapes. The denizens live in either square, round, or rectangular or triangular rooms. And the denizens come in four different colors. Um, Julius named them earlier. But they're the green, the blue, the orange, and the purplish-reddish people. I think this one I actually use the names more often because the names relate to what abilities they have, like the pyros. Mm-hmm get to burn stuff away the seers you get to look in the future the chameleons will act as something else and the jugglers let you juggle stuff around so i find it easier to use the names that's not true for many of the other denizens of the oniverse where (laughs) they're just a random thing and like they do something but when the name relates to the ability i find it nice to refer to the names and i like it more that way so i I like Mm -hmm. that that was done Okay, yeah. And so besides the denizen tiles, there's a, another set of tiles. I don't know how many it is at exactly, maybe eight or ten or so, that they're uh, traders. I guess they're also a type of denizen. And these are unfortunate ones. You don't want traders. When you draw a trader, you're going to set them aside. Well, we, we'll get into the rules later, I guess. But they're also in there. So besides the normal denizens that you like and you place in your castle, there's others that are traders that you don't place in your castle, but you'll end up having to draw them. And it's pretty clear what each one is. It's you, mm-hmm. you don't get confused when you pull them out. They're all very distinct. And also you have to see the difference between circle, square, and triangle. And again, it's all very distinct and easy to see what each of those do. 
Yeah. There is absolutely. a player aid that is included to be able to identify what oh, powers yeah. each one has or what bad stuff happens for the trade house. That is a useful player aid. Um, and then there are the cards, which you randomize up to be able to figure out what your goals are. Mm-hmm. And there's three sets of cards, depending on what difficulty level you're playing at. Because this is an only verse game, and there's different difficulties and adjustable things and all that. No, there's. this is not like the other Oniverse games. <laughs> the first Oniverse games and many of the ones after it, I can't let, I can't let it go by. <laughs> many of the ones after like much more standard for the Oniverse games is that you have a base game and a whole bunch of expansions and you can mix and match. This one doesn't work that way. It has a basic level, a, a, an introductory level, a base level of difficulty, and then an expert level of difficulty. And that's really not like the other ones. That's it, it, no, it is not. Though each level does just introduce new rules. So they're not expansions, but they are a new rule set. You just, the way I visualize in my mind, I could either play the base game, which is the introductory level, or I could add one of the first two expansions, the, the normal level or the advanced level, either one, and then there are expansions on top of that. There's only one expansion. And I know I'm kind of pushing it there, but yeah. <laughs> There's only one expansion. But there are multiple ways to play throughout the game. Which is interesting, actually, in this. I'm not sure yeah, what you mean multiple ways to play. Well, well, the other component that we haven't talked about yet is the meeple, because this is an Oniverse oh, game, and true. they all bring a meeple. And so this meeple is the the menace, I think he's called. And yes. what's interesting, this one does it a little different. I think I think before I said I don't, I've never used any of them. That's not true. I've used this one. Because with this game, when you use the meeple, for each of the three separate games the levels of the game i guess introductory basic advanced whatever the you could choose to use the meeple you could choose not to play with the meeple at all or you could add it in in an easy mode or a difficult mode and depending which mode you do they work differently and and one gives you a benefit the other one just makes it harder to play and it's also different from from level to level when you play the way it works in in the base game is entirely different than in the the normal game for example Mm-hmm. So yeah, so there, those are the components, right? The, um, not too much in the box. Plenty, plenty of little empty open space in there. Plenty of space to put a bag. Little tiny tiles. I don't know how big the tiles are. They're they're smaller than Carcassonne, for example. They're definitely smaller. Probably about a two thirds of that size or something. So they're pretty tiny tiles, which means when you play this game, it's not going to take up a lot of space. Should we? Well, we let's talk about the rules, because um, I think that's. Honestly, kind of straightforward at this point. It's an Oniverse game. The rules are well done. They're laid out well. They're clear. I did not find with this game, there's a lot of... The other games, there's a lot of jumping back and forth, like especially on Irem, if you throw in a couple expansions, you're going to have to jump back and forth to the different expansions to read the rules. So you're going to flip through the book to, to figure out how to play those specific advan- expansions if you don't remember. This one, there's a lot less flipping. Uh, there's the introductory game. All the rules are there. If you want to play the advanced game, it does tell you what's different, and then and same for the the average game. But the, but it isn't a whole lot, and and the differences are simple enough to grasp that you aren't going to be flipping around the book a whole ton. Plus, with the handy reference sheets or cards that you mentioned, it kind of just about eliminates the need to to reference a rule book again once you start playing. It it's very much a progression type. It always feels mm-hmm. to me like you're intended to learn the rules in the introductory level and then advance on to make it more harder as you go through it. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the way they write it, it definitely encourages that kind of behavior because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna learn all the basic rules and then read the the intermediate rules and then try and play after reading all that. That's I don't know. I find it's not hard. I guess it's pretty easy to do, but it, it obviously encourages it the other way, which is fine either way. I've got nothing else about the rules. How about you, Julius? Sure. Let's head on to gameplay. All right. Theme before gameplay. Ah, well, I think we've talked about theme. It feels dreamy. We've discussed that. <laughs> it feels dreamy. Okay. And nightmarish with that darn raging bull there. It's, it, <laughs> I, I, yeah. 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 I mean, don't you have nightmares about raging bulls? Not often, but I'm sure someone does. So, <laughs> not, really? Okay. The uh, so yeah, so the gameplay. So this we've already said it's a tile laying game. It's pretty simple. Each turn you're gonna draw a tile from the back. Actually, it's a little more complicated. There's two sets of tiles that you're gonna be drawn from. There's a dozen tiles that are blue backed, and you, you're gonna have those shuffled and face down, and you're gonna shuffle the, all the other tiles that are pink and backed, and you're gonna have those shuffled and face down. On your turn, you could choose to draw from either the safe pile or the risky pile. Whichever pile you draw from, you're going to get a tile that has a denizen, which could potentially be uh, a bad guy if you go to the risky pile, one of the traders. Otherwise, it's one of the shape people in one of their shaped rooms or one of the colored people's. Um, all you have to do is place these in a in a grid. You're going to start creating a grid as soon as you place the first tile, and it's six by six. You start placing by the on the bottom row. So after that, any tiles you play after that have to either sit next to the one you already placed or above the ones you've already placed. You're allowed to go up to six wide and up to six tall. Besides that, there's a couple other rules about placements, such as you can, other than on the bottom row, you cannot have two adjacent shapes being the same. You can't have a triangle next to a triangle. You can't have a, you could, if you have a triangle above it, you could either have a circle or a square only. And if you have a, a circle on the bottom and a triangle up above it diagonally, in that space that connects those two, you could only put a square. You could not put a triangle or a circle. That's basically how that works. Your goal is to place the tiles. I'll get to, to how you'd place them and why that is, or maybe Julius will. We'll get to that. The other thing is the, the bad guys. You could draw the if you draw a bad guy, you're gonna set him aside on the challenge card, which I didn't we didn't talk about yet. Not too much. If the challenge card fills up with however many of these uh, traders it requires. It's time to to meet that challenge and see see if you succeeded by having the right configuration of tiles in your castle. I will say that the the trader cards are very aptly designed because essentially they're a timer for how long you have to complete whatever your current ordeal or challenge is, and they look like a clock. So mm-hmm. they're, they're perfect for what they are. Little creepy clock denizens. <laughs> yeah, and they are pretty creepy. So. So the challenges, then, is probably the next thing we should talk about, right? These You have these cards, and there's a set of cards for the introductory game, a set for the base, and a set for the events. They're entirely separate. I'm surprised they didn't just add more cards or something like they would in the other games. Somewhat differently in terms of the challenge that they present. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm, I just would have expected, I guess, because of the way they've made the previous games, that they would just give you more cards to have more options. But It's almost like you're making my point from earlier that it's not like the previous <laughs> games. <laughs> Almost as if, yeah, well, and every game is different, which is what's so neat about this universe. But so the, the way the challenges work, they have you, they tell you, oh, for this challenge, you have to have a row of four matching colors that's horizontal, or you need to have a column that's vertical of four matching colors. Or a square. Or you need to have a square 
of four matching colors. And it's never really just one. It's usually like you need at least two or maybe three or more, depending on the difficulty level and what level you are within that game. Yeah. When it starts off on the earliest level of cards, it could be that you just need one or two. But by the end of it, you need like five or six total, and it's it's a lot more that you have to have in place. Mm-hmm. And to, to be clear, we've used level two different ways right now. So there, there's the three levels of game, the introductory, advanced, and, and basic. And there's also, within the game, there's three levels of cards that you're going through. So you can have three challenges to meet. And the first challenge is easier than the second, which is easier than the third. And that's what Julius was just talking about. So yeah, and so those challenges are, are relatively straightforward, have the right configuration. Um and I think, Johnny speaking, also have the bottom row complete. When you reach one of the challenges, you have to have six tiles in the bottom row. If not, you automatically lose the game. Or or there is a penalty, depending, I think, depending on the level. You may not always necessarily lose the game. Like I know in the advanced game, if you don't meet the go, instead of losing, you remove a bunch of tiles from your castle, which could, I think, be just about as bad as just losing outright. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... so we didn't talk about the difficulty in placing the tiles. That's what makes the game more interesting, I think. Oh, we kind of did. We talked about the shapes. No, well, I guess we did talk about it entirely. The shapes and colors all matter. <laughs> we kind of did. In place. Yeah. There there are more restrictions in terms of the, having those defensive configurations. That's what they're called, where you have four in a row. If you have two defensive configurations that are adjacent, they cannot be the same color. If they are, they cancel each other out, which killed me the last time I played. Because I forgot about that. Like you cannot have a, a a line of four green touching a square of four green. Ah, uh, yes, because they combine together. No, they just can't. They just cancel each other out. So you, if you have that, you have nothing. I don't. I, I think that we're we're not we're saying different things. It's not that they cancel each other out. You, it just combines together into one big structure instead of two small structures. Okay. And then you tear stuff down so that it goes back to one or the other. Okay, but but if it's too big, but if it's one big structure instead of too small, then it doesn't count as either of the small. Yes. Okay, so yeah, yeah, we're saying the same thing. So so there you go. So you're gonna you're gonna draw those timers that are gonna fill up your challenge card, and now you have to see if you made met the challenge or not. If you did, you keep playing until you get to the draw more time counters, and then do the second challenge. If you succeed, keep playing until you get to the third challenge. That's basically the game. It's it's relatively simple gameplay. Uh, at the introductory level, it gets more complicated when you go to the to the standard and the advanced games. What the standard game adds is it adds a special power for each of the different color of tiles. So now, instead of being able to use a tile and place it, you can potentially discard it to run its special power. And I briefly mentioned what each of them are. So, for example, with the Sears, you'd be able to draw some extra tiles and look at those, and then that's another pool of tiles that you'd be able to use, or you can use the jugglers to move things around. So that gives you an extra set of powers that you can use. Um, this also helps out with the, the trader because now you can choose to discard a trader instead of putting on a deal. Um, and that will slow down how long it takes to do the ordeal. So they kind of have an extra power kind of like an extra power but when you mm-hmm. discard a trader you have to destroy tiles in your tower and so albert was just now mentioning about how tiles may 
lumped together and you have to destroy them. This is your method of destroying them. So it's sometimes you're putting tiles down, knowing that you're going to be destroying them, hoping that a traitor tile comes out. The problem, though, is that there are three traders with black borders. If you draw those, unfortunately, you can't use those to destroy. So if you've built one planning to say, hey, I know I'm going to pull a trader tile before things blow up, and then you draw a black bordered one, uh, well, that doesn't work too well for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and Julia said, like, you're going you're gonna to want to destroy stuff for later. It, it ends up, the, the first level tends to be pretty simple. A lot of times what happens when you get to the second challenge card, you the stuff you made may not be the same. Like for example, the, the first level might say you need to make horizontal ones, and the second one says you got to have vertical ones. Well, and then maybe the third one has something different combination. You can't do all three unless you start destroying stuff in your castle. So invariably, you have to start planning. From the beginning, you're planning ahead, saying what am I going to place where so that I could score this challenge card and then rearrange things for the next challenge card when that comes up. So it gets pretty tricky. <laughs> and it really does. And then to describe what goes on the expert level, so at this point in time, the assaults get even trickier. Because before, you could theoretically know what's coming and prepare for it, and things came one at a time. Um, when you're playing with the assaults, at this point in time, they're all face down, so you don't know what's coming. Instead, you have to use powers of the actual defensive formation. So if you put them in a line or in a square or in a column, so those give you some powers. Uh, One of those, like if you put them all in a line, then you get the ability to look at the ordeal and find out what's coming. The other two give you defensive powers to prevent stuff from being destroyed. The reason why this is important is because now, instead of just losing when we get to an ordeal if you can't do it, instead, if you don't have what's necessary to defeat the ordeal, you start destroying some of your tower. If you don't have a full foundation, which means you don't have six tiles on the bottom, once things start getting blown up, then you lose. But as long as you can either have built what you need to defeat the ordeal or have enough tiles out there to be able to just tank the negative effects, you can get through the ordeals. So they, they are, they give you more flexibility for how you want to survive them, but they're tougher because <laughs> you don't know what's coming necessarily and they start breaking down everything you have. So before the only time you broke stuff down is if you chose to with a trader here, you may not choose and it may destroy almost the entirety of your tower. And then you have to go do it again and you just don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, the, the easier version of the game, you have more time. Also the, the traders, like you need five traders before you flip the first card, and I think three and three after that. For the for the intermediate game, you need three per level. In the advanced game, just two traders will, will force you to to face that challenge. So you don't necessarily have a lot of time to work with while you're doing that, unless you're discarding those traders, right? Which hopefully you're doing strategically. Which you need to do. <laughs> dis- yeah, yeah. You can ha- unless you know if you get lucky and you draw right. I guess it worked great. Maybe. No. It's, it's not going to happen. Good. Yeah. Wishful thinking there. Yeah. And so, so you know, each level definitely adds more strategy and more to think about when you're playing. 
I have found that I'm I'm just happy with the the second level, the the normal game, and I have not gone beyond that yet. I enjoy um, the challenge of having the extra power boosts of of the different lines doing something. I think it's fun. I usually will play at that difficulty level, but I'll also usually lose. So, <laughs> yeah, it looks hard. I haven't tried it because it looks so hard. <laughs> and so I also mentioned that there's that menace people. You could use that and it'll make the game easier or harder, right? So you could choose to put it on easy mode or hard mode if you want to use that. And I I do I do like what that does in the different levels. I in the introductory game, I like the the version that made it easier. I thought that was a nice clever twist, right? When you when you start the game, you draw a tile and you place it under that menace meeple. And then during the game, at any point, when you draw your tile to place it, you could choose to either place it immediately or trade it with the one under the meeple and, and place the one you just pulled out from under the meeple. And now there's another one under there that's saved for later. So that gives you a little more strategy about when you want to place a tile and you want to save it for later because you think you're going to want to use it in this place and whatnot. And that has a nice little bit of fun strategy, which that base game, I think, needs it because that one is much more random than the other ones. There's You have fewer powers, you have fewer things you could do, so it's really just drawing and hoping you get lucky a lot of the time. The expansion that I usually use is the Pantry expansion, mm-hmm. which is the only modular expansion included in the game. Um, and this works similar to other expansions of the other Oniverse games, which is just an expansion you can choose to put in or not. It's just, it just happens to be the only one in there. When you're playing with the Pantry, it gives you two sets of each of the different color shapes, so it gives you some additional abilities to move to to not get stuck. So if you are low on a specific color or something like that, and you know that you're going to pull doubles or you need to not interrupt, you can pull from the pantry and put those in the castle instead to make different arrangements. The issue is that because you're now using the pantry, you have to have two more each ordeal so you have to have two for the first four for the second six for the last one but i think that hmm. for me in general i think that it gives me more decisions and more spots to be able to move stuff around or break up lines and i find that it's it's helpful as opposed to a hindrance okay that's that's what's neat about this game there even though it doesn't have a lot of expansions like you said there are a lot of different ways to play it oh you know, be, you could choose the difficulty level. You could choose the expansion, the menace to make it easier or not. You could choose the um, the pantry. I don't really play with the menace so much. The game doesn't feel like it differs a whole lot for me. I don't. It doesn't feel particularly different playing between the intermediate difficulty or the hard difficulty. Those feel very similar to me. So to me, the okay. only difference feels like for pantry, and it's not very different it's not very different at all as compared to like the different types of things from oniverse like if you're playing with the towers so mm-hmm. instead all of your goals are just whichever order you want for the doors now the doors have to be specific or there's a whole new denizen in there there's new power for dreams those all feel really different so just compare you're saying it still feels different like compare the amount of difference between this <laughs> and Oniram, and it pales just in terms, and I'm saying it pales. It pales in how much of there are differences in gameplay modes. I'm not saying it pales in gameplay depth or enjoyment. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it doesn't have the variability that 
other Oniverse games have. It's hard to compete with eight expansions, isn't it? <laughs> it, it just is, you know. It's... And you're saying that all, it's not only for that one. Like the other ones, Arion, uh, Nautilion, like they also have multiple expansions, multiple different ways to play. Like we haven't gotten to those ones yet, but it feels like this is, it's it's somewhat of an odd duckling in the Oniverse series. Hmm. Okay. The I do like the menace the the difficult menace in this in the normal level where you now have to entrap the menace you need to cage him up and you do that by uh, when you draw a tile you can choose to either build your castle with it or place it around the menace with the same restrictions that you can't have two of the same shape next to each other and to to finish the game you have to both trap the menace and and build the formations from the cards and i think there's also a penalty that if uh if you haven't trapped the menace at the end of any of the challenges, each of the challenges, you have to discard some tiles. I don't remember for sure about that part, but yeah, yeah, again, I do I like that really one. Played with the menace so much, so. yeah, I like that one. I thought that was interesting. It doesn't add a ton of ability, but it does again add some more thought about you know when I want to discard a tile. It's like, oh, I could actually discard it and use it here. This this is handy. I don't I don't want to discard it for the power, and that's the thing when you discard a tile, you have to use its power normally, right? even mm. if it doesn't benefit you. And sometimes you could, it's not a big deal. You could easily work around with that and ignore it. But uh, sometimes you have to use the, you can't place a tile, especially towards the end game and discarding it is going to hurt you because of its power. That's happened once in a while with the, uh, with the menace thing that kind of helps there too a bit. So that has a little bit of choice. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we've described this game pretty thoroughly. Um, in terms of the ranking in the Oniverse, I will right now say this is my second favorite so far of the three we've talked about. Of the three we've talked about? Yeah, of the three we've talked about. It's hard. You know, I'm not going to rank it against the rest yet, though I, I'd say it's probably still pretty high. A little bit of a spoiler there. But yeah, I do like this one a lot, actually. I do like it. I, I like tallying games in general anyway. I'm a fan of Carcassonne. So this, this definitely... Uh, scratches that itch and it is very much a puzzle more so than a lot of the other games i think where you're i think there's more thinking and planning than the other games right i don't remember notillion too well but the other ones are more random you draw a card and see what happens here the the placing has more long-term effects i think Mm -hmm. and i I will say that. that i also enjoy this one i think that it's very good um i trying to decide if it's better or worse <laughs> than Oni Rim um, is difficult for mm. me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not well, sure if it's better than Oni Rim. That's saying something though. Yeah. Es- especially if we're talking about the Oni Rim bag builder version, <laughs> I'm just not sure. It's good. I like the tiling. I like the amount of push and pull that it has from it. It has good decision-making. It has, it, it makes you feel intelligent when you're playing through and you succeed to be able to get it. <laughs> and it gives you enough options for how to deal with bad luck and deal with what's happening that you don't feel stuck. So I like what's going on with it and I'm, I'm a fan. So I enjoy it. I wish it felt, I wish it had more expansions involved in it, some different tiles, some different things in them. I, I wish there was more like the pantry, but even without it, mm-hmm. I'm happy. There haven't been any fan expansions for any of these games, have there? I've never noticed any. Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. I'm surprised, honestly. 
Because, yeah, this one seems like one that could easily be expanded where you add more tiles or more challenge types or things. I think it's a game that would be easily expandable. So I'm surprised there aren't more. All right, Julius, take us out. Take us out? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we've said enough about this uh, game. Ah, you're saying we pulled the trader and we're out of time? <laughs> That's exactly what I was saying, Julius. Thank you. I see. Well, in that case, have a good night, everyone. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.